Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, sir, my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 200. Dear God. And we have our recurring almost co-host. 200. 200. Woohoo! Sterling contribution, Brad, which deeply plumbed the depths of the complexity of the English language. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Mike? Ah, I wondered. I haven't said anything for the last five minutes, and nobody has actually said, is Mike still there? That's what I was starting to wonder. Yeah, because my Skype dropped, and nobody seemed to notice. <laughs> so I thought, oh, am I here? Am I not here? Poke him, poke him. <laughs> Facility seems to have been removed from Facebook. Good evening, everybody. As Brad said, welcome to episode 200 of the Gatecast. This was an episode Brad requested. We've had a little trouble getting to record it. It was now or never. <laughs> Thank you for inserting Elvis into Metal Jukebox, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Brad, I told you the fact that it hasn't snowed yet, and it's almost Wednesday. Save <laughs> <laughs> uh, the days, then. Well, yes. I informed, in fact, the Twitterverse what will happen when it does snow. So you're not working today, then? No, I've done six days in a row, so by law I have to have the day off. Oh, right. Thank God for that. <laughs> Makes things very interesting. Yeah. So I've run out of Justified, Sad Panda. But what I'm watching with increasing enjoyment, if only for the sheer, clearly Kiwi tackiness of it, and the fact that I can play Bot the Almighty Johnson's actor, is a show which I think, like you've seen some of, I don't know if you've heard of it, Brad, Legend of the Seeker. Yes, I have heard of it. I haven't seen it, though. It'd be on Netflix, so it'd be. Yes, unfortunately, we haven't got our fingers out of our collective buttholes here yet and got Netflix going, which continues to be a frustration to this day. It took something like five years to come to Ireland, which, in terms of internet availability, is practically an epoch. Mm. But one of the many advantages of living in the frozen north is <laughs> that I have gone from paying roughly 40 euro a month, the equivalent of about 65 Australian dollars, for purportedly 2 meg down and half a meg up to 10 meg down and 6 meg up for free. This counts as good. That uh, sounds alright. <laughs> My friend Jacob has never seen Babylon 5. <gasps> so I sat him down and showed him Midnight in the Firing Line and Soul Hunter. It is Wayne Alexander and Soul Hunter, isn't it? Yeah, I know I'm supposed to be the V5 expert, and I should be able to answer that. <laughs> Got a wonderful voice. Wayne Alexander, the... What's his name? Well, he was Alien of the Week, but he was also... Oh, no, I'm I'm thinking of the... In the movie, it was, it was Sheen, wasn't it? Yeah, in the movie, it was Martin Sheen. Wayne Alexander, didn't he play uh, Sheridan's mate that he met on Zardoom? Yes, he also played Jack in Comes the Inquisitor. Oh, was that him? Yeah, that was him without makeup. Good God. <laughs> And then we watched the first episode of Firescape on Shiny Shiny Blu-ray. Transfer? Very good transfer. Mike, I think, will agree with me. Yeah, that's one I double-dipped on. I already had the DVDs. Me too. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. 
Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Experience Dune like never before. The Dune Saga Podcast with David, Scott, and Jim lead you chronologically through the novels of Frank Herbert, Brian Herbert, and Kevin J. Anderson. Relive your favorite moments, join in the conversations, and let the spice expand your universe. The Dune Saga Podcast. Ride the sandworm to dunesagapodcast.com or to iTunes for more information. That was the promo for the new podcast, The Dune Saga. I'm sure you recognize one of the voices as Scott Herzog from the Sci-Fi Diner, Friends of the Show. If you're a fan of the Dune series of books, the podcast is just the thing for you. Pay them a visit, tell them what you think. Shall we uh, proceed to start? Yep, I'm all set. As we've said, there's uh, no line again, so we're all looking at the blank screen. Oh, due to the size of my screen, I'm actually looking about six windows. Anyway. <laughs> For English people of a certain generation, we're going through the square window. I much prefer the archway. <laughs> Did you hear the remaking Clangers? Using the original puppet? Yeah, that seems a bit strange. I thought they'd have CGI'd it. Mm, everything else is going CGI now. Yeah. One disappointment watching TV with me sons. Postman Pat, a lot of them original ones are all CG. Thomas Tank Engine. Very sad. End of an era. Back the truckload of money up to someone and got the rights. My understanding is he's no longer called the Fat Controller. Don't think they call him that anymore. I saw Tom and Jerry Kids, and it's basically Tom and Jerry with most of the violence taken out. Mm. You know, the, the, the gratuitous yeah. violence is the whole point. Yes, and the racism and the sexism, that's all part of the fun. <laughs> Black woman who's only ever a pair of boots and a skirt. <laughs> yes, and hit people in the head with frying pans. Yeah. No harm done. The Used to run around hitting each other and expecting to see stars. We never did. Since reference, didn't nicely. Combination of cartoon violence and psycho reference. Anyway, to digress. <laughs> yes, digression, us. Fancy that. Come on then, it's about time we got going. You want the classic? Looked at it for the first time this morning, and the second time this evening. That and I read 100 pages in Swedish. And you're still awake? Nope, I can't remember ordinal numbers, damn it. Three, a doe, a hen, clicky. A little bit of stock footage to begin the episode. What are you doing here? Having lunch. Red jello. Jello. Red. <laughs> that's wrong. That is, that's just wrong. It should only have green and blue. Brad is probably upset that Val has got free run of the place. I was about to say, his should be going through the gate and she should be in jail. <laughs> just so you can see her strip searched? I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> I believe in the commentary that said that this scene was filmed at a much later date. It was originally supposed to be... Daniel and Valor, but mm-hmm. Michael Shanks had shaved off his uh, beard. Mm. So okay. continuity-wise, it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> <laughs> he just turned up one morning and clean-shaven. Who's he out there, Daniel? Daniel's got the beard. Priors have been reported on 43 different planets already. Yeah, that's what the pal said. Well, it just so happens that I have a very good relationship with the people on the one you've designated P8X412. Divine relationship. 
They trust me. <laughs> what? Where are you going? I'm gonna talk to Landry. Why? Because anyone who trusts you is obviously in a great deal of danger. So why are you trusting her? Oh. Right, we're on a journey to P8X412. And the pyramid. Brand new map painting. Old school Stargate. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Flaming censures and everything. I'd do something about the floor. These paint on it's a bit <laughs> primitive. I thought these people trusted you. Why are we sneaking around, avoiding everybody? No one's been sweeping because you left. <laughs> yeah, I left a couple of spare outfits. What is it with her and her wardrobe? She's a woman, Cameron. Yeah. It's important. Can I go have a little privacy? No, besides, I think I've seen just about everything there is to see. Right. Look, there's no other way out of this room. I'm just going to change. I'll be right back. Oh, modest. <laughs> <laughs> She's up to something. Hey! <laughs> Greetings, native. On the way! Well done. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Oh. These are the weapons of our god, Katesh. Who are you? Just take it easy. What are you doing here? We mean no harm. Beyond you, lads. Beyond you. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> Please, forgive us. It has been so long. We began to fear you would not return. Then you were foolish. Hello. <laughs> I changed into something more comfortable. <laughs> well, for a given value of comfortable. YMMV and all that. Yeah, that outfit was intended to be the one she wore on Avalon when she first came through the gate. <laughs> and they decided perhaps a bit too much. Yep. I don't know. Freya wore more interesting outfits. I don't know. I think because we were introduced to Valor in all black, that sort of becomes her de facto costume. Throw in some PVC or pleather and, well, we're good to go. Okay then, The Powers That Be, Season 9, Episode 5 of Stargate SG-1, The Gaycast, Episode 200. The episode was written by Martin Garrow and directed by William Waring. It was broadcast in the US August 12th, 2005. We got it in the UK November the 8th, 2005. Canada got it December the 8th. I don't have a date for Australia. France got it March the 11th, 2006 and Japan March the 12th, 2007. Series with episodes of the same name, not many. Flamingo Road, The Wonder Years, Tyranny, Fifteen Love, and South Riding. Nicely timed. Hmm. I accelerated a little bit near the end. <laughs> okay, lesbians. Yes, yet you didn't have a pair of shoes at the back. Still got a military boots on. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, that woman's got big feet. Hmm. Not exactly Shakespeare. Yes. How is it these people don't know the ghoul have fallen? Well, most of these ones are pretty isolated, and I would be very surprised if anyone here actually knew how to operate the game. These humans must be told the truth. I know. Merciful, beautiful Ketesh. Have mercy on him. Tilt there. Because the end of Ties of Bind, he was going back to Takara and said he wasn't going to be joining SG1, and all of a sudden he's here. He's back again. Couldn't stay away. The two actors who are performing the play. The woman playing Valor is Nicola Perea Damu. She was recently in Haven and been in uh, Degrassi, The Next Generation. And the guy playing the warrior is Matt Johnson. He's been in Psych, Sue Thomas FBI, the show called Doc. Brought those red ribbons to his audition. <laughs> Interesting prop. Mm. Thought it through, you know. That's how you get a job. 
Thanks be to you, Kitesh. All hail and glory be to you. Is our goddess pleased? Is our goddess wearing underwear? <laughs> yes. Of <a, laughs> a Sharon Stone moment, did she not get <laughs> Yeah. We had little rehearsal, my lord, but I trust it pleases you? Yes. As always, Asdak, you please your god greatly. Thank you, my lord. My lord? Oh, evidence to the country. Now, I would like to hear about the visitor who arrived through the Chopper Eye. She's eating this up. <laughs> it is pointless lying to your god, Asdak. I am all knowing as well as all beautiful. <laughs> Keep playing the part, guys. That our true gods await our devotion. Lies meant to deceive you. I did not believe a word he said, my lord. I swear it. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm faced with you. I believed everything. Never, never a second's doubt. Yeah. Some thought maybe you had abandoned us. They were weak, my lord. Please, forgive them. Have I not always been merciful to those who deserve forgiveness? <laughs> now go. While I consider your punishment. Yes, of course. Like I say, there are questions when a god asks you something. There's only one way to respond. <laughs> Have they gone? <laughs> well that was easy shut that thing off why must you continue to deceive these people Tilk not happy mm. I wonder how many planets you did control then mm. how important the system launcher was mm. or more importantly did you leave a fleet behind yeah. <laughs> it's a rather impressive mid drift why am I not surprised I had nothing. I was desolate. Fortunately, I discovered that news of Katesha's demise had not reached this little mining outpost. So you kept the mining Naquita for you? Just a tiny bit. Look at boobs. You're right, look at him. <laughs> Takes away the effect, but still. <laughs> look, I never killed anyone, I never tortured them, I was a wonderful guard. You can understand why she has all the braziers around. This outfit's not exactly warm. Mm. That, and I'm not totally convinced they're ultimately going to follow your command, nor should that be the only reason they don't follow the priors. They are in a bit of an awkward position. God is supposed to be all-knowing and all-seeing. What makes you think they're going to tell you the truth? You're supposed to be my faithful servant. Then I'll just explain them we're not as faithful as you might like to believe, and if necessary, I'll also tell them we're plotting to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard better plans. I kind of like it. Shut up. <laughs> That's it. Storm away. Much less is time by the relationship they had for four years in Farscape. Mm. Mm -hmm. At this point, we don't know he's the father yeah. and daughter, do we? I don't no, think so. I haven't said the word yet. I wonder if there's any thought of what level they have these chats on when you know when they've got to put the decal on the elevator door. Yeah. <laughs> what level are we on today, lads? It's Twenty-one. In our case, what? Well, it's just that we know each other a little better than say I do. Colonel Garrett, the munition supply officer. Really? I actually doubt that. Colonel Garrett's been here longer than I have. Oh. Do we have to do this here? You want to have lunch? Fine. Tomorrow noon, I will be there as ordered. It's not an order. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that could be yes or no. <laughs> and at the moment, you think they're sort of relationship going on, but yeah, you don't pick the father's daughter. Yeah, there's a pair of... Mm. The past few harvests I've been more of a burden than a help to my family. Not exactly an advanced people, are they? No. I suppose they wouldn't go and live in the pyramid for fear of the god returning. Mm. 
said that it was the will of the Ori. Blasphemer! <laughs> touchy, touchy. Take it easy. I'm sorry, but I will not have him speak against Katesh like that in my presence. Look, we're not out to get anybody here. We just want to hear what he has to say. Is this the increase in the small little bit of desert they've been filming in? Yep. Shrinking sand dunes. Yeah. Dot every day tripping off the dirt bike drought. <laughs> Felt better than I ever have. All he asked in return was that I tell others that I spread the word of the Ori. That's how the priors operate. Yep. It's quite annoying that they are pretty decent miracle yep. workers. Tomorrow? The prior said that Katesh is a false god. <laughs> well, they are telling the truth there. <laughs> yeah. She is a false god. Fool, speak no more. I shall strike you down in the name of our true god. I said, take it easy. You should be thankful that Katesh is so forgiving. She's not even that. She slays the prior for his wicked lies. She won't do the same to you. Oh, boy. Glory be to Katesh! <laughs> Religious warfare, that's what we want. Just like every other warfare we've had. No one to stop. I think I need to talk to our one true god. Katesh, the original Egyptian goddess, fertility, ecstasy, and sexual pleasure. Did Claudia pick that? <laughs> no, that. No, but did Claudia pick Katesh? No, of course not. <laughs> they wrote it long before they cast her. Yeah, they were actually surprised at that name. They hadn't used it yet. All the other Egyptian gods had used that one was still available. If you look at the pictograms, she's full frontal nudity. I was thinking of cutting you boys in at 10%, and now I'm thinking 20. <laughs> oh, rewind. Well, the pictogram really doesn't do it justice. <laughs> <laughs> all the more reason why we should pack all of this up right now and get out of here. Are you going to pitch in or what? Yeah, take the booty. <laughs> that would be good if they could do that. Tomorrow. Hmm. Tomorrow's no good for me. You need to tell these people the truth. I have a lot of needs, Daniel, but I assure you that that is not one of them. If you do not tell them the truth, we will. Yes, and who do you think they're actually going to believe? Well, I know who they're going to believe. Flashing that smile and wearing that outfit. Whatever she says goes. Whatever she wants me to do, I'll do. All hail Katesh. Get what I said about the 20%. He's right, we can't trade one lie for another lie. All right. What can we fight with, then? How can we stop this prior from corrupting these people? Okay, we have a very limited window of opportunity here. If you expose yourself... Whoa there, Daniel. There'll be no exposing today. Although... Oh, it could push them towards believing in the Ori as true gods even more. No, the only chance these people have, the only chance any of us have against the priors, is to show them we will not accept the Ori as gods. Oh, please, Daniel, slow down. Don't talk so fast. It can't be good for you. For once, just do the right thing here, okay? You're gonna feel so good about it afterwards. No, she won't, Daniel. <laughs> really, this is this is unnecessary. You will be executed first light tomorrow, imposter. Ooh, that's not nice. Then again, he feels betrayed. He was one of her most devoted followers. So, Daniel, when does that warm and glowy feeling from doing the right thing kick in? Because not there yet. No, she isn't. You think they'd new it up a little bit? Sorry? You'd think they made the pyramid look a bit newer, more upkeep on it. <laughs> Open fire. And Daniel, do not feed the animals. Mm. And? Just relax. We're going to get you out of this. Oh, you are. I feel a lot better. I'm sorry. I got, I got a little nervous. What with the whole execution looming and all? Just believe me, it is not going to come to that. Mitchell and Tilk are talking to them right now. Have you forgotten that if I die, you die? Don't stick anything through the bars either. <laughs> hmm. Doesn't respond well to pressure, does he? Nope. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, saying trust Stop. me again is really helpful. <laughs> Fine, she made a mistake. It was a big mistake. It was a whopper, but you can't just kill her. Why not? <laughs> help? Does she not deserve a trial to explain the things that she has done? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> As Dak here is played by Cam Yakai. Uh, he was born in Iran and raised in England. He's been in Aliens in America, Intelligence and Psych. What kind of society do you want to have? One where people get executed without a chance to explain their actions? You want to hold a Maldoran? Mm -hmm. Isn't that her name? <laughs> Katesh established a process several years ago, a way to settle disputes between two parties. Uh, a little vanity there, don't yeah. you think? We're going to hold a Maldoran! Yeah, but that's worked so well in the past. It's a bit... What is she doing? Hmm. Hey, how'd it go? Well, you know... What's the plan? You're going to blow up this door, lay down suppression fire so that we can rush out through the hidden escape passage? It's in the room I told you had no other exit. They're going to put you on trial tomorrow. They actually said in the commentary if you could fit through those bars. Yeah, they look a bit wider from this angle, don't they? Hmm. A Maldoran? They're going to let me be the judge? Don't think so. Then it's not a real Maldoran, is it? Actually, this couldn't have worked out better. Actually, I think it could have. No, our trial is public. We can use the forum to expose what it is to be a false god and warn the community about the priors. You're right, actually. We could get them all worked up about false gods and then they can kill me as an example to the others. <laughs> Look, I persuaded them that you stay here for the night. Right, thanks. Yeah. Well, I'll see you guys in the morning. Th thank you. I apologize for ever doubting your masterful skills at negotiation. He's doing the best he can. That's what terrifies me. Yeah, in all the episodes where they've been on trial for something, how well has it always gone? <laughs> <laughs> it always works out well in the end. Yes, but only because they've had to try and stave off some sort of disaster that they've most likely caused. Well, that was more of a uh, Amanda Carter caused mm. disaster as a rule. And they're making the most of that shot the pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A general vote. After both presentations have been made, we shall all decide what is to be done to the false god Katesh. That's it. That's a loaded statement. I don't see any pitchfork. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> the director was saying during the commentary they went ten minutes over for this episode. They had to mm -hmm. cut a lot. So it's odd that they've got so many of that one went painting in here. Mass murder. Wait a second. The second claim of seven, mass torture. I, I never killed, I never tortured. That is Katesh. The third claim of seven. Uh, excuse me, hi. Sorry to interrupt. Um, the person seated before you didn't do those things. You will have your chance to make your presentation. Yes, I, I'm sure we will. I just wanted to make something very clear. As we discussed when she confessed, Vala was a host to a ghouled uh, parasite that controlled her actions for many years. It was that Gould symbiote named Katesh that committed the atrocities you're talking about. Vala herself can only be held responsible for the actions she did after that Gould was removed. That's interesting, isn't it? In the movie, Ra didn't allow a written language. Hmm. Yet in the TV series, it's quite common. Well, even them speaking English contradicts the movie straight away. They should be speaking ancient Egyptian. That's it, Daniel. Yep. Lawyer taught, we had a deal. Yep. <laughs> She's only going to plead guilty if you do this and this and this and this. Yeah. yeah, careful. Oh dear. Now she should know exactly when by the local calendar. Yep. 
The first claim of four. Planetary-wide forced labor. That's more reasonable, isn't it? Well, you'd think they'd notice her returning after a while anyway and different attitude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> indeed. Hey, indeed. <laughs> Perhaps more than any of you feel great sorrow at the fact that I devoted my love and faith so freely to an imposter who cared only for the Nakwada in our minds. With every breath, she lied. With every effort, she stole. At every chance, she betrayed us. The conditions of poverty that we now suffer are her fault and her fault alone. That is what you must consider. That's it. I was a believer. I feel betrayed. So trust me when I say, burn her, burn the witch. Daniel's, Daniel's like, you should have told me all this before we agreed. <laughs> yes, she kept all the good fashions to herself. Mm -hmm. She stole. Yep. She betrayed you. Yep. She used you as slave labor. Yep, she did. All this is true. Not the opening statement I would have gone for. But the only reason you know about this is because she told you. Not willingly, though. She came forward knowing full well how you would feel. Yeah, that wouldn't cut it. No. <laughs> I stole from you. I didn't do this because I was a god. She did it because there's a greater threat in this galaxy she thought you deserved to know about. She told the truth in order to open your eyes. Death to the unbelievers. To show you the dangers of giving away your freedom, your free will, in the hopes that given another chance, you wouldn't make that same mistake twice. They're humans. Of course they will. We know a prior of the Ori has come here. He's been sent to this village to convince you to worship beings more powerful than all of us. Yeah, I'm actually doing you a favor by confessing. Ah, uh, legend of the Seeker. They're not gods. You speak well, Daniel Jackson of the planet Earth. What is a god? What power is great enough to make you bow down in humble reverence? You. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Uh, How to make an entrance. Mm. And of course we've seen him before. The administrator. What is there for any and all to gain by choosing the path of origin? Those seeking eternal salvation can follow the word of the Ori. Those that do not shall die as mortals. It is as simple as that. Bit of a coincidence, he's the particular prior. Assuming he is the same one that... Uh -huh. And he hasn't been sent here because Daniel's here. Yeah. Mm. He's pretty good too. We are so dead. I have told them of the Ori prior. Many of us believe. But not all of us. You doubt the power of the Ori? No. But I understand how they got it. And because I do, I'm not willing to abandon my own free will and worship them for it. The Ori healed this man. This man that was sick. This man who could barely walk. This man was healed through knowledge. This is Greg Anderson. He's a Canadian actor. He appears in six episodes of SG-1. He's also been in House of Lies, The 4400, True Calling, Dead Zone, X-Files and Millennium. He's not exactly up in the first push of health, is he? <laughs> well, the power kind of does corrupt the body, doesn't it? Mm. Knowledge. Yes, knowledge, understanding. 
<laughs> yes, but not always, which is why we don't use it very often. Mm. Otherwise, I'd all be carrying one around. <laughs> yeah, you'd think it'd be standard equipment in the infirmary back on the SEC. Yeah. Look, this argument didn't work last time, Daniel. Why do you no. think it'll work now? Yep. They do play this prior mm. in a more reasonable manner. You know, less scripture. Still there. It sounds like he's listening and being reasonable. Mm. Or John McCain, the Jimmy Swaggart. Mm. The Ori have a greater understanding of the universe, but most importantly, they are willing to share it with us out of their love for us, their creation. Only a fool would turn away. Mm. Just because the Ori know more than we do doesn't make them gods. And like I say, he's right. Yeah. Without knowing the price they've got to pay, which you know they haven't figured out yet, yeah. everything he says sounds reasonable. He can do everything a god can do. To shed their physical bodies and live his energy on another, higher plane of existence. Which side is he on? You are all children of the Ori. But you have been raised by evil. The true nature of the universe has been kept from you by powers that would have you stray from the path of origin. It is time to open your eyes. Let origin show you the way. Well, that's a mighty compelling argument, isn't it? Maybe hoarding knowledge is wrong. Or maybe it's not. Maybe. Learning something for yourself is part of the journey to enlightenment. See, again, an, another grain of truth. Mm. Make up your mind, Daniel. Come on, seriously. <laughs> we spent the last eight years running around looking for knowledge and technologies <laughs> and whatnot, taking shortcut, <laughs> not learning it for yourself. Knowledge is power. But how you use that power defines whether you are good or evil. The choice is yours. Give us another chance, I beg you. Please, spare us all. Evil. <laughs> yes, you are free not to follow us. We told you that. We'll be laid down in the dust. Ooh. Not good. <laughs> and there we have it. <laughs> the snake with a smile. Mm. I find it funny during the commentary they were saying how the prize uniforms, the hoods weren't meant to come down. And they got, like, the actor from Origin to shave his head for the scene. And um, after it, he never actually removed his hood. <laughs> Why do I have to shave my head when the hood never come off? <laughs> Dedication to your job. Yeah, can I just wear a hat, please? Yeah. <laughs> a tricorn hat. We are poverty-stricken. As a society, we may not be able to survive much longer. We thought our God would provide for us. Why should we reject the knowledge and education to better ourselves? But you can have all that without giving up your freedom. Don't you see how wrong it is to enforce belief by threatening your people with their very lives? What's the point of freedom? We're starving, we, li we live in straw huts. We're free, big deal. <laughs> and you prefer the gilded cage? Prison is a prison, no matter how pretty it might be. Yeah. You get the feeling, though, in the Ori galaxy, people don't starve. No, no but, but if they don't worship, uh, worship every three hours, they get toasted instead. <laughs> on your knees. Steady on, Brad. We're not that kind of podcast. Well, what does that say about Landry, if that's the best table he can get in the canteen? Surely he's not that tight that he can't slip a few dollars through the maitre d'. Comfortable where you're living? I kind of like the place I'm renting in Simran Hills. I don't know, there's something wrong about peas and carrots that look like they come out of a tin. How do you think I get peas and carrots? <laughs> so there's something wrong with the taste of peas and carrots when they come out of a tin. <laughs> 
I got peas today, Oliver Tim. That woman's hungry. General, you ought to feed her more often. Either that or she's getting through this dinner as quickly as possible. Mm. I'm trying. To tell you the truth, I don't even really know where to start. Start what? The long road back to happily ever after? I had a job to do. As I do. Now, I thought this was supposed to be a professional meeting about my staff. That's why I'm here. Stab the knife in deep and twist. Excuse me. He's left the food uneaten. Yep. That looks like a nice steak. Big piece of steak like that. Yeah. Jack and Adam call Marshall for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let the airmen go in there. Ketchup and mustard on the table. <laughs> the important condiments. Yeah, ketchup's only good for lobster. <laughs> Not a reference that Brad's going to get. That's a nice looking set, really, all things considered. The lights and the shadows. Got Vala in, of course, it's a nice looking set. Any set with Vala's a nice looking set. <laughs> I don't think one they've used for about three seasons. Gets used a few times this season. It's always good that they take a deck of cards with them. You know, just for those moments when we've got nothing else to do. Please get their attention. When you study enough religions, you find that killing the missionaries doesn't combat the overall philosophy. Problem is that what the priors are offering sounds quite good. Until you get to the whole prostrating and burning people alive bits. There's that, and I don't think any of us have read the real fine print yet. Meaning? Well, I personally know without a doubt the priors are bad. So creepy. And the believer dies an archaic moral standing. Now, the Ori are wrong for doing what they're doing, but the part that I haven't figured out yet, the part that's really bothering me, is why they're doing it. I mean, why do they care if people worship them or not? On the surface, that whole conversation between Daniel and Vala could be seen as pretty much throwaway, but it would reveal so much and ask questions that are going to be puzzling us for the rest of the season and beyond. He brings news. We have decided to spare your life. Well, who would have thought? Really? Thank you. Your punishment will be imprisonment for the rest of your life. Oh, there we go. <laughs> you can live in prison. We'll make you wear rags and eat gruel. <laughs> you made me rub your feet. Oh. Well, that's not too bad. I assume she has big but clean feet. The odd massage here and there hardly warrants life imprisonment. You lied and abused the people of this planet. And she's a goddess. Come on, surely she makes use of her people. Mm. You know, it's lonely being a goddess. As for the prior, the settlement is divided. Many believe the Ori are worthy of our devotion. Let's wait for the big fight. And whoever wins, we worship. Yeah. That seems the safest way to go. Yes. Please hurry. We fear he might be close to death. Wait, Azdak. Um, maybe we can help. I do not want you near me. Take it easy. It's okay, she's not gonna hurt him. She hasn't got a clue how to use this thing. Of course she does. She was a gourd. That's Vashna, played by Pablo Coffey. He's been in The Listener, Regenesis, Andromeda, and The Dead Zone. There. How do you feel now? What have you done to me? Making people feel good is a natural talent of mine. <laughs> yes, any age doesn't matter. I do not understand. If there's something in it for her. How did you do it? Well, this is a tool. Like a hammer or a shovel, just a lot more complicated. Just because you don't understand something at first doesn't mean it's the magic of the gods. Yeah, please don't use that hammer. 
there's a level of understanding that they're not really going to reach, no matter how many times uh-huh. they demonstrate it. Yeah, they live in a desert. Pryor really wants to impress him. He'd make a nice green field of strawberries and a well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, behold, it raineth. Lead them from poverty. Make a nice big house. <laughs> yeah. Decorate the pyramid. <laughs> Put a roof on there on those shacks. There's a roof. There's not just not a great deal else. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't believe in windows, do they, either? <laughs> I suppose desert it they wouldn't do. The that window often. simply takes up the entire wall. <laughs> Room of a view. Speaking of rewards, the entirety of your property will be kept here as payment for your crimes. Now hang on a minute. <laughs> like me. <laughs> you all right? Yes, it's just been a very long day. Stuff. you must come quickly. What is it? Many have fallen ill. No pyramid maintenance today, lads. Dropping like flies. Troubled and worried looks all around. Suddenly things have gotten a lot more serious. You've got to love the shiny magic light. Oh, by the way, do you have insurance? If not, please pay on the way out. Better yet, pay before I treat you. Thank you. You are truly blessed. No, I don't know about that. I'm just doing the best that I can. <laughs> no. Modesty for Valor? <laughs> Does not compute. Does not compute. Whatever this thing is, it's spreading like wildfire. Come on, we need you for here. We'll talk about my treasure later. Doesn't this use up some of the lacquer in our blood? You'd think something along those lines would be happening. The chemical in, in a bloodstream activates it, that's all. Symptoms? Weakness, high fever, chest and stomach pains. Um, they have trouble breathing. Some of the extreme cases have gone into shock before Vala could even get to them. Walter, of course. And this is a, a live video feed from another room. Mm-hmm. A method they've used before. Get a more realistic conversation going. Mm. Looks like these priors want to show us they're going to play hardball. Well, they're definitely trying to establish some credibility, sir. How are you and your team, Colonel? Yeah, we're fine. But I reckon we could use some backup. On the way, Colonel. Thank you, sir. I don't think the General really needs to wear his leather flying jacket inside the base. Yeah. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, medical backup. You should really specify medical backup. Mm. Yeah. We're the Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah. They're too sick to heal. Shoot them. <laughs> Marines open fire. I'm not so sure. Look, I know using that hand device must be taking a lot out of you, but we really, we really need your help right now. Each one is getting harder each time. It takes longer and they keep coming. I don't think I can save this whole village, Daniel. You have to keep trying. Okay, then. That line I think I'll leave in, because once you think about it, you dirty sodden Martin. <laughs> Yep, that's what they said in the commentary too. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice till they started talking about it. Mm. <laughs> I thought, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, one hell of a coincidence. <laughs> Just when they defy the prior, I'm off the village falls ill. Yep. I healed him. If they can get reinfected, this will never end. We must give in. They're too powerful. No. It's okay. I'm here. Yeah, they're going to play dirty. No quarter given. Yeah, well, Lala plays dirty. Carolyn. I'm chief medical officer on this base. It's my call who goes on this mission. Given my work with the CDC, infectious disease is my specialty. I am easily the most qualified for this. I know. I'm your dad. There we go. There it is. The dad line. (laughs) 
Is that like a deadline for parental? Oh, I can say you must have had a good night in Vietnam. That's the end of that. Yeah, but they're not sealed suits. No, it doesn't look good at all. Let this be a lesson. Worship the wrong god at your peril. Don't give up yet. You know, to be honest, I think giving up is pretty much the only thing they can do right about now. Hey. Thanks for coming. This is worse than I thought. Yeah, they're falling pretty fast. We're gonna need a place to work. This way. <laughs> it was funny when SG-1 used to wear those suits. <laughs> you think, hang on a minute, there are gaps. She's so tiny, isn't she? Paper behind her head, though, that would sit on her head properly. <laughs> Seriously, she could sort of... Uh... You have full head movement in there without actually moving the headpiece. <laughs> this is not working anymore. I'm sorry. <sighs> you have to keep trying. I mean, at least put on a show, keep their hopes up. I mean, we know you can do that. See, this is exactly why I never even think about trying to help people. I'm terrible at it. Because of me, these poor souls are either going to die horribly or they're going to give in to the prior in the hopes that he'll heal them. It's not because of you. I cannot make them better. And if I hadn't been so worried about my precious treasure, I would never have opened my big fat mouth and we never would have come here. And these people would still have to either convert to origin or face the consequences. And that's a dilemma the rest of our galaxy is also going to have to worry about. Uh, they probably would have done it whether you were there or not. Well, it depends, you know, it'd have been a bigger ratio of people willing to worship the Ori and probably those that didn't, they'd, uh, well, suffer a little accident. Hmm. I've pretty much ruled out bacterial infection at this point. I'm treating with an antiviral cocktail. We're just going to have to wait and see. Any idea where the hand device seems to have lost its effectiveness? I don't think we really need the, the inbuilt lights. That means carrying around a power pack as well. And an oxygen supply. Even though it's not sealed. No. You can see the light on her chest. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to a podcast that we're talking about the original Star Trek and they were having a laugh about this. Space mm. suits. <laughs> I thought of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. 30 years later, nothing much has changed. I am aware that SG-1 was infected with a virus and then cured by an agent found frozen down in Antarctica. The symptoms and rate of progression here are remarkably similar. Do you have any hypotheses as to why we have not been affected? No, we're still looking at your blood work. Excuse me. Mm, that's interesting. It is a bit. It did, does beg the question. Mm. Did the ancients bring the plague with them or did the Aurora send it? But the so-called plague which wiped out the ancient was actually the right... No. The Wraith wiped them out and Pegasus Plague done it here in the Milky Way. Mm. One direct interference because the Ori did not know the Milky Way was populated. Yeah. But they might have sown the seeds of the uh, the virus generations earlier. Mm. It's a shame she didn't run away at some point. Go AWOL. Then she could be on the lamb. <laughs> <laughs> lamb out. <laughs> Probably grew with no end of jokes about mint horse. This is bad, right? The virus is shutting down his internal organs. He can't process toxins within his own system. He's essentially being poisoned to death. Can't give him more medicine? As it is, this may be the virus bouncing back against treatment. I hate having to say this, but there's nothing I can do. Well, no offence to the women of this episode, but they're not going well, are they? Nope. Valor can't do anything, the Doctor can't do anything, and Val Kilmer there, he can't do anything. Game over, man. We're all gonna die, man. Almost got an original Stargate. Not Kurt Douglas, buddy. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell looked there. Yeah, it didn't look like Cameron, did it? Said that in the commentary. It did not look like him. No. Poor reveal. And of course, they couldn't have him dying in this episode because he dies in another episode. Mm. They didn't want to do it twice. Yep. Can I have a minute with him first? Now that's odd. He wasn't the first one infected. He wasn't the first one to collapse. He's obviously weak. He might yeah. have been the first one treated with a hand device. 
that makes you wonder if... No, the other bloke, the other bloke that got pride up his head was the first one treated. Oh yeah, of course he was, yeah. This is the first, not the last. I've got to get back to Colonel Mitchell. Tears on. Yeah, they did say that she could turn the tears on whenever the scene required. Mm, every take. You did everything you could. You go ahead, Daniel. Yeah, that guy, that was the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still alright. Yep. What are you eating, Alan? Um, long, sort of rainbow-coloured drip things. Okay. Please, you must save us. Forgive those blinded by ignorance. People are dying. Our children are dying. They will believe. They do believe. Still, not all of you. Don't worry, I believe. <laughs> they are not of us. They do not speak for us. Why are you doing this? From the smallest seed of doubt springs forth a mighty poisonous tree of evil. Yeah, all right. Cut the crap. Whoa. <laughs> I'm the one who told these people if they didn't bow down to you, bow down to the Ori, you might just give up and go away. Well, I was wrong. I understand now. You don't have to kill them to prove a point to me. Very high opinion of yourself, Daniel. Yeah. Very high. Mm. It's about all the children of the Ori. Enough. <laughs> She's mad now. Heal these people now. Bella? No, Daniel, I've had it with the Ori. I think it's time we sent them a message. Or will you heal them? Only their faith can heal them now. And you are useless to us. <laughs> he doesn't even flinch. Nope. Seriously, Bella. Yeah? What do you expect to do? <laughs> Yes, if it was that easy. Stop at once! Please, do not let their evil deeds do us. We all bow to the power of the Ori. Slightly bigger shells than the P90 normally uses, so they stand out a bit more. Yeah, it's a lot bigger than the 5.62 they use. Yes, I think we may have lost this round. Yep. You think? Hallowed are the Ori. Hallowed are the Ori. Get heavy before you get stoned. Like the music as well. Nah, 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 nah. I've got my glowy light stick. <laughs> There's no rave on either. Colonel. He was just about to autopsy this guy. Oh. Wow. You got a couple of aspirin. Dr. Lamb. <sighs> How are you feeling? How about we pretend they didn't say that? You're allowed to snigger. They said this scene uh, lost a bit because they'd put out all the flirting that they'd been doing. Hey, what did I miss? <laughs> Hardly manly, is it? Did Cam actually die? No. Oh my god. That's not all. Look. It is interesting, though, isn't it? The three members of SG1 that have been exposed to the virus in its lesser form, they've been fine. Mm. Okay. Odd. <laughs> Take over. I heard you died. Yeah, I got better. <laughs> the med tech is Mike Coleman, Canadian actor. He's currently playing the dwarf Happy in Once Upon a Time. Right. You know that doesn't work, Talk. <laughs> Grab him. Squash him. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Tell others what you have seen today. 
<laughs> They're still satisfying the science fiction trope of all English people are evil. Well, he's not English, is he? But it's the tones yeah. and the phrasing, the way the language is put together. Ooh, don't you like that? Contemptuously turns his back on him and just slowly walks away. Prove this point, doesn't need to do anything else. Oh, that was an abrupt ending. Yeah, that didn't, that, yeah. That didn't end well for us at all. Yeah, basically, SG-1 lost. Yep. Lost big time. <laughs> Maybe that's why some people really turned off this in the last two seasons. You know? We've moved away from the happy-go-lucky, cheerful stuff. Well, it's like that in a lot of shows. The heroes or the, the good guys take a beating before you know they can rally and then win the day at the end. And sometimes you have to put up with the, the bad guys winning the rounds. The idea is make the bad guy at least entertaining and enjoyable to watch. Yep. And easy to hate. Greg Anderson, who's playing that prior, he is performing well. Obviously because he's written that way, not because he's a better actor or anything. But because he seems still have some humanity there, he's not a robot. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's all very snaky. Yeah. He's definitely not only a convert to the Ori religion, a true believer. True believers are dangerous. Okay then, that was The Powers That Be. The director, William Waring, he eventually directed 13 episodes of Stargate SG-1, 16 episodes of Stargate Atlantis, 9 episodes of Stargate Universe, as well as doing 3 episodes of Continuum. He also worked as a camera operator on 60 episodes of SG-1, and David Hewlett's A Dog's Breakfast, which we will be doing as a bonus episode this Christmas. I see. Yep. The commentary for this episode, a little bit different. We didn't have any of the, the actual actors this time around. We had William Waring, director, Martin Garrow, the writer, and Joseph Malozzi, one half of the uh, writing duo. It was a very entertaining commentary. It was. Both funny, plenty of technical stuff as well. Mm. I always say it, but most commentaries are worth listening to. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. This week's birthdays include a few very familiar names. We'll begin on the 27th of October with the birthdays of Carmen Arzenziano, who played Sam's dad, Jacob Carter, as well as Atokra Selmak. He appeared in 25 episodes of SG-1 and is well into his fifth decade in show business. Also on the 27th, one Robert Picardo has his birthday. He was Richard Woolsey in SG-1 before the character moved into the light and eventually crossed over to Atlantis and then a single episode of Universe. Robert is probably best known for playing the Doctor on Star Trek Voyager, but his resume is extensive with dozens of guest TV roles and movies. On the 30th of October, Leon Rippey will be celebrating his birthday. You may or may not recall he played General West in the Stargate movie, and was mentioned in SG-1. He starred in Saving Grace, and has made many notable appearances in shows such as Under the Dome, Deadwood and Leverage. 31st sees the birthday of David Ogden Steers, who was Charles Winchester III in the classic MASH TV series, as well as Reverend Gene Purdy in the Dead Zone series. But for us, he played Obroth, a major nemesis to Atlantis, in a rather significant story arc. Finally, on November the 1st, we can wish Robert Foxworth a happy birthday. A huge US soap actor, but also played many significant roles in sci-fi, including spots on Babylon 5, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Enterprise, and a single episode of SG-1 as Ashwin in the episode Memento. We had a little bit of chatter on our Facebook page in regards to last week's episode duet. Gate Tech Alpha 6 posted, Welcome aboard, Adam. A fantastic Atlantis episode with some great Ronan moments and some character development with Rodney. 
and the kiss, ha-ha, Hewlett played the aftermath brilliantly. Bradmore replied, indeed, Dr. Fumble's stupid, priceless. Jeff Wolseley posted, it's a very trope-heavy episode. Feels like every genre show needs at least one episode with a man and a woman trapped in one body. SG-1 knocked it out of the galaxy with Daniel's story force of a dozen or more characters. This episode is more back to the roots of the trope, but it's done well. I always enjoy watching Rodney fumble about and get flustered. The lieutenant trapped in his head was just pushy and snarky enough to hold her own against Rodney. Brad replied, agreed. Just say the word. Open the iris. This is our 200th episode. We want to thank everyone who survived the ups and downs of the Not Knowing What We Were Doing podcast let alone the iTunes and GoDaddy hiccups along the way. So let's hear the results of our Dunruth episode competition. I'll hold my hand up and in all honesty say I didn't think the questions were too difficult, but it seems they were, but let's go through them and you can hear how you've done. The final results will then follow. Question 1. So, my first night off base in a month, and I really fancied something other than the SGC canteen specials. Although, to be honest, I do like their jello. I shared a ride into town with one of the gate technicians. We were not in the restaurant for more than five minutes before the fight started. I got caught in the face by a civilian who quite literally came flying out of nowhere. Laura and I both decided not to stick around and see what the other guy looked like. So after getting fixed up by Fraser, who I was surprised was on duty at that time of night, we went to the canteen. Some mashed potatoes and stew. It was not great, but the company made it more than worthwhile. Come a trip into town to get something to eat. Well, we know of one restaurant which was visited by members of SG-1. And yes, a fight broke out. Laura was also mentioned, and there was a gate technician called Laura in this episode. The answer was upgrades. Question 2. Well, there I was, just walking down the corridor on level 28, and I got the shock of my life. Isn't it always the case when you need your uniform to be perfect? It never is. Anyhow, later on I did get to drive Major Carter off base. And say what you will about officers, she is at least courteous and pleasant to spend some time with. We didn't drive far, but she spent a couple of hours, I think, in a meeting. And then, soon after, she and another woman went off-world. You know what is strange? Haven't seen Dr. Jackson for a couple of days. So weird not to see him somewhere surrounded by his books. So a nice and crisp uniform is important. Well, a visit from the top brass, such as a member of the Joint Chiefs, is a good reason for that. And Sam went off base, and along with a young woman, they went off world. And no Daniel. General Ryan, chief of the Air Force, visited the SGC. Sam went to the Academy, and brought back Det Haley. And yet, Michael Shanks did not appear in the episode, Prodigy. Question 3. I was down at the Armoury this morning. Seems strange to see so few of the P90s on the racks. And I have to admit that crate of weapons which arrived the other day looked like they were designed by a ten-year-old, just sticking bits together. Damn glad I won't be using them. There also seems to be a lot of duct tape around the SGC. But with that recent explosion in one of the science labs, perhaps it is the cure for everything. Although with no gate travel, I think sticky tape won't be solving that immediate problem. Oh well, but get to my post. God in the front gate is boring, but I guess it has to be done. So not many P90s. And some new weapons of unusual design. Duct tape, lab explosions, and no gate travel. Well then... Well, the P90 use was scaled back due to a lack of brass for making blanks. Sam got a new gun, which was made out of parts of others, which only she used. And Dr. Felger not only blew up an experiment, and then indirectly crippled the gate system, but also had duct tape in his backpack. The episode was Avenger 2.0. Question 4. Well, that was a turn up for the book. 
I know the opportunity for a full-time post with an SG unit will eventually appear, but being attached to SG2 for a support mission for SG1 was a lot more daunting than I expected. I'll be honest and admit that facing down staff weapon Jafar was a lot less harrowing than whatever SG1 had been dealing with. I'm not sure even now if the official report will be accurate in regards to what we witnessed on that forgotten world, but I know facing it without weapons will leave me with troubling dreams for some time. I guess everything worked out okay, at least SG1 didn't look too unhappy when they arrived back at the gate, and Daniel did look quite serene. So, SG2 is in the field to directly support SG1, but something different was being handled by SG1, who then ordered all SG units to drop their weapons. Well, guns are not much use against ascended beings found on Keb, the Forgotten World. The episode was Maternal Instinct. So, how did you all do? Well, only two people got all four questions right and emailed in the answers, and both of them are from the States, and they have both appeared on the show, one recently and one way back in the mist of time. It doesn't seem fair to draw one of their names out of the hat. If more listeners had scored 100%, then yes, a draw would have made more sense. So we'll have two winners. One for each entry of the show, you could say. Congratulations, and let's hear it for Adam Nelson and Daniel Waller. I'll be getting in touch with both of them within the next day or so to sort out their prizes. A big thank you to everyone that entered the competition, and maybe I am a little pleased my cryptic question made some people really think about the answers. A simple draw, I would suspect, have gotten a larger response, but it's nice to earn a prize. I know I'm just as guilty of a little apathy when it comes to entering competitions offered by quite a few other podcasts I listen to. I do know how it is. So a big thank you, like I said, to everyone that did take the time and effort to enter. If you want to get in touch with us for any reason, such as guesting on the show or simply some specific or general feedback, we would love to hear from you. Ratings and reviews on iTunes and Stitcher are like gold to us, so that would be a great way to help us out. This is how you can contact us. You can email us, including an audio message, using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And we have groups and pages on both Facebook and Google+. You can search for us using generic Stargate or more specifically Gatecast. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio under Gatecast. And we simply swoon when we get an iTunes rating and review. They help the show get promotion on that service. Twitter seems to be popular and you can find us at the Gatecast, which is one word. And finally there is our main website, gatecast.co.uk, which has a variety of contact and links for keeping our Stargate family all together. Okay then, next week we are back on back at a lap. <laughs> back up and start again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> next week we re- oh, it's truth. Next week we return to Atlantis for the episode Condemned. Mm. Portent filled. What I meant to say actually there was portentous. Okay. <laughs> I don't care if it's not a word, it sounds like. Yeah. Brad, you had a decent time. We, I know we've had a few hiccups with Skype. Yep, no, it's good to be back on. Enjoyed this episode thoroughly. Yeah, it's not as if you haven't been on quite often over the last couple of months, <laughs> is it? <laughs> In the past six weeks, it's entirely probable you recorded more episodes than I did. I was going to say, I need the week off. Oh, what you need is an actual week off from your given job. Oh, yes, that would be that would be delightful. I don't see it happening, though. That was The Powers That Be. Hope you join us next week for the Atlantis episode, Condemned. Until then, I've been Mike. I've been Brad. I've been in and out and in and out, but mostly here. Bye-bye, folks. See you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.